This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingle, Taylor Moore, Jay Darden, Congressman Garrett Gray, Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark, Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Episode 194 is here. And so are you. So am I. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com and on iTunes. Well, today we're going to talk about the news with a reporter and then talk about the reporting of the news concerning a news story that did captivate some in America for a little while. And then it really has captivated America since then. And of course, I'm talking about the story of Jesse Smollett that gets sadder by the day and as we record episode 194 here another shoe has dropped in that with the Chicago police doing a press conference today and the superintendent did not pull one punch so I'm going to talk about that and then play some sound from the media a little bit later on in this week's episode so how are you doing Hopefully you're making it wherever you are. Our guest on the show today is Kieran Chala, who is a reporter with WAFB-TV here in Baton Rouge. That is the CBS affiliate. She has been on that job for some time and is an investigative reporter. And we're just going to chat about her philosophy about media, talk a little bit about Kieran, give you an opportunity to know her, how she thinks, what her ethics about media are. And just kind of get into some of that. She has had some really high-profile story here stories here. She's an Emmy winner and is credentialed as one of the finest reporters in the state of Louisiana. And so we'll talk with her coming up there in a bit. And then, of course, I'll get to in the final segment this Smollett thing that's going on and how this kid has basically destroyed his career over an, an attempt to grab attention. But you know, this morning, before driving into here, I was at a meeting for Truce. It is an organization that, a nonprofit organization that does work with local law enforcement and community partners to impact young men and women, mostly young men, in East Baton Rouge Parish. And it has been in partnership with Truce that we have done these canvases across this city for the last year and a half. And we uh, met this morning about it. I sit on the board of directors for Truce and we talked about some of what's going on with young people. First of all, there is, a, there is an issue with a school here, an alternative school that was absolutely disgusting. But I'm going to withhold any other comment on that until after I've had a chance to go there and see it. And the DA and I and some other people on the board are just going to go visit the school and see what's happening with these young people there. But, you know, I got to tell you, every time I'm around District Attorney Hiller Moore in settings like this, 
I'm pretty thankful that the guy is the DA. And he gets pulled into political debate all over with people that I know, some who, whom are friends of mine who are not fans of him and his job as DA. But I can personally tell you that I believe people who are against this guy are misguided. He works as hard as hell to impact young people to keep them out of prison while drawing a check and being elected to be the top prosecutor for this area, the guy who's charged with putting people in jail. And, you know, just I'm impressed with the table, the table that I was sitting at this morning had men, women, a diversity of races, and all there for the purpose of trying to make the community better. And I think we got to get back to that because a symptom of what creates situations like the one with this actor comes from people only wanting to boil everything down to our differences. And it was good to be in a room with people who are caring about how we can help impact people regardless of what they look like. And I'm telling you, that's not Pollyanna. That's not saying the world is going to be this kind, gentle, cuddly place where everyone's going to love each other. That's really not a real thing. However, I do think in the case of kids, we should give them an opportunity to be able to function in any environment. And the only way to do that is to make them comfortable being around people who do not look like them, who may not sound like them, who may not speak with the same accent as they. But the grown folks are in the way of what I think often creates these divisions among kids. And this story about this actor in Chicago, like I said, it's just another another symptom of what's going on. And I can't wait to get into that. But we want to talk with Kieran Chala first. Don't forget to mark down the sixth annual Smoke Em If You Got Em fundraiser is Sunday, May 19th, benefiting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. And there is more about that. I'm saving it until next month. Mockler Beverage will be back as our title sponsor. Geico is back on board. Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting, well, they're back. Pest Stop, do-it-yourself pest control is going to be on board. Of course, it's happening at Ben 77 Bistro here in Baton Rouge and that gorgeous courtyard. So if you haven't put it in your calendar yet, lock it in, man, so you can be there for the sixth annual Smoke'em. All right, let's take a quick break and come back and talk with reporter Kieran Chala here on The Clay Young Show. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com iTunes and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. 
Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. Back with, well, she might be the most feared five-foot reporter in the history of the city of Baton Rouge, the Kieran Chala. I mean, I, you know... I'm taller than five feet. Okay, yeah, well, five-five? Yeah. Absolutely. You see what I mean? She's starting already. So how's it going, Key? Good. Well, you know, you've been a reporter here at Channel 9 for how long? Eight and a half years. Eight, eight and a half years here. And in that time, first of all, let's talk about why'd you get into journalism? Honestly, it started back when I was in high school. I was a junior in high school, and I really realized that reporting can make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. If you do it the real way, right. reporting can make a difference in people's lives. And I was in Slidell at that time and mm-hmm. got my foot in the door at WWL as a senior in high school. And it's like people will tell you in news, oh, the bug bit you. It bit me. <laughs> and I've been in it. It's been 17 years. I love 17 years for people. Really? So here you are, the the chief investigative reporter here at the, and for people listening in other places, Channel 9, uh, WAFB is a CBS affiliate. And, you know, you've also been on the desk for a while. You know, I think I think that's probably in your future again because you're pretty good at it. And uh, don't count the compliments because there's not going to be a whole lot of them coming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but what about reporting draws you? Making that difference in a person's life when that person will come up and say, thank you, because of you, this happened. Mm-hmm. It makes it, you if I'm ready to pull my hair out every single night, it makes it worth it because and it doesn't have to be an investigation. After right. the flood, there were so many people who would repeatedly keep asking to get in touch with FEMA or to mm-hmm. get a trailer. I can't tell you how many people I got trailers to their houses. Wow. They'd call and the next day, and isn't it weird how weeks and weeks, weeks would go by and as soon as I made one call the next day or the next week, a trailer would show up on their property or whatever the case may be. It might be an investigation. Right. So that's what really makes it for me. You know, the the I think people don't want to end up on the news with a story highlighting either their malfeasance or negligence in some area. So there is power in that. How do you manage that? And, you know, I've known you a long time and I know that you're not spiteful in what you do. How do you manage that power? Because we've known people in national media and in some cases in local media who wield that power in maybe not so ethical ways. So how do you kind of keep a governor on, okay, I got to be careful here to push this as far as it needs to go, but not take it any further than that? I think as a reporter and as a human being, most importantly, I have to remember everybody out there is a human being. Right. As media, we have the power to make or break somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're about to sit here and destroy someone's career, because in today's day and age, a simple Google search. That's it. Well, you go for a job interview and they Google search you and something comes up. Or go look at your social media accounts. That's it. And most likely you're not going to get that job. It is a very large responsibility on me to make sure that if I have a chief or a mayor or councilman or Mm -hmm. anybody, Mm -hmm. Joe Blow, for malfeasance I need to double triple quadruple check my facts and make sure it is malfeasance make sure it wasn't somebody being vindictive and that's why they got that malfeasance make sure to go get their side and it is checked numerous times I might come up with the idea or somebody may have given me the tip Mm -hmm. it's double checked by management lawyers everything how do you 
how do you gauge whether or not a call you get into the newsroom or a lead that comes into the newsroom that's given to you that you're chasing down is actually authentic or someone trying to, if you pardon the expression, sick the dogs on somebody else? How do you gauge that? Because I'm sure at times that has to happen. It does happen. And I'm trying to put it into words, but it's one of those that sometimes your sixth sense just tells you something doesn't feel right here. But at the end of the day, I have to have a paper trail. I can't go with, we get so often, hey, my child was beat up today by a a teacher. Mm -hmm. You have proof? No, ma'am. I'm sorry, I can't do anything with it. And it might be a very sad situation where a kid is innocently getting beat up. I don't know. But... I have to be safe rather than sorry later. You know, right now in the country, there is this big discussion after this hate crime that is that turned out to be a hoax with the actor uh, Jesse Smollett. And as we record this, I was listening to the police chief in Chicago on the way into here, and he sounded outraged by it. And at the end of his statements, before he handed it off to one of his people to go through the timeline, he said, I hope that the hoax is covered or the truth about what happened is covered as much as the story about the hoax was. And I agreed with him 100 percent. Very true. I doubt that's going to be the case, though. And it's not, unfortunately. Not all media is the same. Right. And be it local or Mm -hmm. national. Mm -hmm. But so often you'll see something and it's headlines, headline, headline for 24 hours, 48 hours. And then after that, it's gone. It's gone. Well, what about the what about besides what what the shiny news was, if you want to call it that? Right. Where's the truth? Did you ever delve into that? Right. You know, Vicki Zimmerman, who used to be news director over at AFB, told me something once. We were having a conversation, and and, and the conversation shifted to Fox. And we were just talking about the slogan. And she said, you know, the news really isn't supposed to be fair and balanced. It just needs to be the truth. That's it. And I mean, she wasn't, it wasn't side. a slight at them. It was just like, we, we are in a business and she's, we were talking about the, the, the news house there at channel nine. We're in the business of just telling the people what happened. Yep. When did it happen? Who did it happen to? Who did it? All of that. Now I, I know, does the station require y'all to be active and do things on social media? Mm-hmm. And so how does that translate into what you're doing every day? For me, it's, it's a bit too much. I mean, my Facebook page blows up constant <laughs> messages and a lot of my tips, believe it or not, come from there. Yeah. And sadly, people message me 24 seven, one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. And if I haven't responded to them in a few hours, I get the question marks, which kind of pisses me off sometimes because <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. thinking I At have a life morning. outside <laughs> yeah. of work. Right, right, right. But it, it's really changed the dynamics of things. Things are no longer let's wait till the five o'clock or, yeah. hey, let's put out this small nugget right. and we'll delve into the real story at six. Nope. You know, because of what you do and how you do it, you also have people in government and in places that hate your guts. Oh, they do. Hate you. They do. How, how, what about that? I mean, I can't do anything with it besides just hope and pray that everything goes right. Because right. at the end of the day, it's like a friend told me, Earlier this week, in fact, he said that my stories, my investigations were always straight down the middle. And there is no judgment from my side. You're never going to hear specific Mm -hmm. words that even make it sound like, oh, well, actually, 
so-and-so's in the right. right. As the viewer, you need to try to take their side. Nope. He told me, you give all the information straightforward, and you kind of leave it to the viewer and say, this is everything I have. Now Mm -hmm. you make up your mind. And it got me thinking, well, good, because that's how it needs to be done. As a reporter, I don't need to take sides. You're supposed to be unbiased. Right. That's that's, That's kind of my problem with so much of the news now is... Instead of being told what to think about, we're told what to think. Exactly. And I don't like that. Nope. Now, if I'm listening to or watching some political-natured show, then obviously you know going in you're either going to get left or right politics because of the nature of what exactly. it is. Fully expected. Like, you don't turn into, tune into Sean Hannity to hear an unbiased journalistic mm. presentation. Sean is a conservative Republican, so he's going to talk about it from his perspective. If you're watching Rachel Maddow, same thing. She's not down the middle. She's from her, her perspective. But when you turn on the news... I don't need that crap seeping out. Nope. I don't want it. Nope. But we're in a day and age now where it's hard to find unvarnished news. Yep. So what do you do about that? I'm going to keep doing me. Yeah. Regardless how things change, I'm going to keep doing me. But I will tell you, I'm lately very disheartened with the way media has turned into now. Yeah. I feel like we're starting to lose. I remember back in the day when I got into it. I started way back as an intern, Mm -hmm. and I would be asked, hey, can you pull all these tapes? Why? We just want to do some research. Yeah. There's no time as a reporter to do much research, unless you're doing investigations. Investigations are a completely different story. Mm -hmm. But the day-to-day, there's so much responsibility of get it on social, get it to Facebook, get it to Twitter, get it back to the station, get it this put it on air sometimes you don't even start on the five o'clock till almost three o'clock right right you know some of the crazier stories that you've done over the years have been what because you've covered everything you've covered things from baton rouge all the way out to new roads and west baton rouge and everywhere some of the craziest things that you've seen uh and your time in baton rouge i can't even remember all of them (laughs) um i remember the mayor in port allen Dee Dee Slaughter. Dee Dee Slaughter. Yeah. And she would only talk to me, which yep. was odd to me, but yeah. she only spoke with me and she yeah. told me you were straight down the middle. Yeah. Which made me. She was a nice it. lady. She was. Yeah. She was. Um, numerous police departments, <laughs> police chiefs, mayors. Yeah. Um, we've. You and Chief Paul exchanging Christmas cards this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. I already have his ready for next year. This year, I mean. Sure. Sure. That was, uh, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff and the stories, like I've, you've done stories over the years that I've sat and watched kind of with my mouth agape wondering, how, how the hell did she pull that off? And do you ever look back on some of them when you're about to do them and second guess yourself? I don't second guess myself. No. And that's not my ego talking. I'm not going to go after something if I have any questions. Okay. I'm just not. Because number one, my... What's the word? My... Not responsibility, not ethics, but... Fill me in here. Peace the hell out of me. It's your word, not mine. This is what happens when you speak more than one language. Should I just say it in another language? <laughs> yes. Yeah, my say, ethics, I yeah, guess. My okay. journalistic 
career is on the line. Everybody if, pick up on that humble brag about speaking multiple languages. Yep, you I sure do. Up. And you have no idea what I'd say if I went in another language. <laughs> how, how, how many other languages do you speak? Two. Two other languages. So I'm trilingual. Trilingual. Mm -hmm. What other two languages? I speak Punjabi and Hindi. Very, very, very nice. Mm -hmm. But that's that's cultural because of your family. Now, you grew up in New Orleans, correct? Slidell, Slidell. New Orleans. Well, you know, that whole New Orleans area. Mm -hmm. And culturally speaking, there is a vast difference between the Capital Region and the New Orleans region. There is. I've always said New Orleans is the southern melting pot. It is. I mean, you go you go into New Orleans and all, and Baton Rouge is is evolving into that more and more. To be fair, and 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 it's it's not New Orleans yet because New Orleans is an international destination. It is, and people in other on other continents have heard about New Orleans and Mardi Gras and and you know Bourbon Street and Canal. Baton Rouge doesn't have that cachet yet, but in New Orleans, almost everybody treats you like family. That's it. They'll feed you. It's home. If you're so inclined, they will get you get you a cocktail. Oh, yes, indeed. And you go knock on a door for a story and come on in, baby. Can That's I get a, you some sweet tea? Come on. You've had that in Baton Rouge. You've had that. Well, maybe you've had it on the west I've side of the river. I've had slammed in my face in Baton Rouge. Really? Yeah. That's not a surprise. Well, you know. Being a, <laughs> being a reporter and doing it here, that's not a surprise. So, you know, and going back to, to the stories here, and 16... Everything about Baton Rouge changed in that summer. I mean, it was... It did. It, I can't remember a summer like it in my entire lifetime nope. anywhere in the South. It gives I mean, me chills to even think about it. Katrina was was absolutely something, but I, you know, I didn't touch it and feel it and see it every day, obviously living up here versus down there. Well, I flooded five feet during Katrina, and I lived Did you really? Too. Yes. So this was my second flood, and I said, I'm done. No so maybe it's you. Life. Maybe you brought all that water up here. Okay, so. time to go. Bye. <laughs> so, 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 well, maybe, maybe she's the common denominator about all this flooding going on. But that, that period in Baton Rouge brought about some really inflammatory, divisive atmospheres in this town. It did, but that flood also pulled a lot of people together. And that's my, the point I was going to make is we look back at 16 and rarely talk about the aftermath of the flood, which was how neighbors helped one another. So but I asked it's you, gone now. Yeah. You I think it's to, gone? Yes. I hate to say that, but it is gone now. Why do you think that? That familyness is, the city is so divided right now. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And yeah. I might be touching a very touchy subject right now, but people are quick to say black and white, black and white. Oh, sure. I'm not either. So what about me? Yeah. I'm a race. I'm a human being. Evil. What about the Hispanics? <laughs> what about the Hispanics? What about the Asians? Right. What about the others? Yeah. It's not a black and white issue. And I'm sick and tired of people saying, oh, black and white. And a movie director will put a black person in and say it's mixed race. No, it's not. There is so much more to this world in black and white. We all, It's like Tara Wicker always says, we all bleed red at the end of the day. Yeah. We do. Listen, I think the majority of people don't think about it. And I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think the majority of people go about their, their day thinking about it unless it's put into their face. Agreed. The average person who's working or doing whatever, even kids, especially kids now, they don't think about it. And, and the people having the discussion so often make everything about it. For me, at the end of the day, it's about the person. Yes. It's about how they treat 
you know, the people around them. Yep. And that really doesn't have anything to do with color. Yep, it doesn't. And there are some historical, you know, issues and things that have happened that you cannot ignore. Those no. things happened. Yep. But, but it's happened to every race. It has happened to every race, some more than others. But I, but I think in 2019... You know, we, we meant referenced the Smollett thing a second ago, and the Chicago police chief was talking about, uh, su- superintendent was talking about what it did to the reputation of Chicago mm-hmm. and how that story, it does a disservice to people who are actually victims of discrimination. Yep. Well, the same goes when we create this animosity and adversarial relationship between races for the purpose of some political end. It does damage to the way we get along. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always say if let's leave racism to the racists and the rest of us just go about living our lives. Agreed. You know, what, what, what about religion and race and to some degree politics when you're formulating a story? How do you stay off of the, edge of the blade out of it how how can you i don't want it in my story well what if the story is 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 religious based or whatever i can't remember a story i've done that's religious based honestly or but political you've done a bunch of stories about that i mean you talked about staying keeping it down the middle but how what what is your way of doing it how do you avoid Uh, it because sometimes it's hard depending on what the facts are true and if i guess i'll give you an example like when it is political if it's a council meeting that we're covering usually you're going to get the council people or the mayor or whatnot Mm -hmm. talking we'll go get the citizens and try to get it both ways get the citizens who are for it and who are against it and i'll go back to the dd slaughter days or right now with the clinton stories yeah um i've got the citizens talking about what's going on i've got some of the council members i try my best to go to the mayor the last time i went to the mayor she lit her bodyguard which is a officer on duty which that's a separate story literally shoved me out of the way talking about mayor broom no. Oh, the um, mayor. Clinton mayor. Clinton mayor. The bodyguard shoved you out of the way? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I've had Kip Holden close elevator doors <laughs> on me. You I... didn't set up a perp walk like Chris over at Channel 2? Never mind. <laughs> so, so uh, you, had, you, you, you even had Kip close an elevator on I you? I did. When, um, what was his name? Dwayne White. Yeah. Was pushed out the door and I started asking questions. In fact, you go to a city hall now, those glass doors that are there, yeah. they weren't there back in the day. That's your fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. So who's, what's the angriest, angriest you ever saw someone either before or after you were on camera with them? I am not going to say that person's name, but it's... Recent. Yes. I know. I mean, if you live here, it's not really a tough guess yeah, for people. So exactly. And what's been the most uncomfortable you felt doing an interview? The same. Really? Yes. Now that's surprising. No, not at all. Because I was, it, it got very heated just before. Really? Yes. Interesting. That is, that is, now that I did not expect. Because so often, regardless who I'm interviewing, I have my facts in front of me. I've done my homework. Yeah. So come at me with what you want. My facts are in my hands. Ever been threatened? Yes, I have. By whom? Another person I won't mention. 
And it, it, it gets... Like job threatened, not physically threatened. I mean, I, I've noticed people who don't belong places. And when you're going to report? Or, or even if I don't leave anywhere. I know you're probably like, what is she yeah, talking about? Yeah, what are about? you talking but about? I don't want to give too many details. <laughs> See, reporters are good at dodging, you know? You know? <laughs> you probably could have gotten a law degree and been been good at that, too. So, so that's interesting, the uncomfortable. Now, here's the other thing. We talked about social media earlier, and you, you referenced how much you have to be on there. And I guess media want their talent and reporters to be interconnected with the people in public. How do you protect your private life? I don't from... post my private life at all. I don't feel it needs to be out there. Yeah. That's my life for me, myself, and I. Right. And I'm not going to. Share I always that. stay away from that. I mean, you know, my last everyday stint in radio was seven years ago at JBO. And so this is really pre the high peak of social media it is and in fact the reason i even picked up my phone is yesterday with the entire incident with the two attempted kidnappings yeah um it was a last minute hey cancel the story you're on come do this instead yeah. and I grabbed my phone in today's day and age social media yes i went facebook live look at the number of shares just on that one facebook live 4,400, almost 4,500 shares. I can't believe that many people like you. 60,000. Whoop, whoop. How many? <laughs> so so uh, recently here, you, you got into it with uh, one of the, the, the local uh, provocateurs uh, over a story. <laughs> and Which one would that be? <laughs> well, Gary. You're plenty. Uh, you're a good buddy. And... and you know, that whole thing went on. And, I, you know, I, I, I will tell people this. I'm sure you're used to comments that people make against you or whatever. It kind of comes with the territory when you're doing anything publicly. Uh, you know, that whole thing happened. And you, I think you were you pretty quiet. I, I don't I didn't I don't remember any back and forth about it. So for people listening and they see that you can't engage when it comes to any attacks on social media or broadcast opinion media kind of talk about how difficult it is to hold your powder and not respond because i know you and i know you don't take the last but lick. the weird thing is i'm too people have said this new numerous times i'm two different people personally i'm a completely different person professionally i'm a completely different person so profe That's true. professionally yes i've been called trash i've been called the worst of the things but it's emotions that are high. Sure. Why give in to it? Well, you know, not to not to let your secret out of the bag. You you really are not the person you are on television, and in a good way, because we know lots of people that over time uh, are not as nice as they sometimes can come across on television. That's and that's always a different part of your personality that I don't think people ever get to see. Mm -mm. Why don't you show them? I like my privacy. I really do. You're going to, I mean, I'll be at the grocery store and no makeup on, here in a ponytail, hat, t-shirt, and jeans, and I get recognized. I have no problem talking or anything as soon as they're like, can I get a photo? Mm, 
really. You don't selfie with people? I hate it. Snob. But I feel weird saying no, so I'll do it, but... That that's the real me. Yeah. On a weekend, yeah. I love to cook. I'm at my house cooking, painting. You don't cook. Oh, I love to cook. Get out of here. You, you get don't out of here. Cook. You cook? I do. Really? What's yeah. your what's your specialty? I mean anything. I cook I've cooked I've made sushi. I cook Indian food. I cook American, Chinese, whatever you want. Italian. Sushi. Sushi's not hard. It's already raw. It's not hard, but the whole prep with the rice. But that's and not the cooking. Rolls. That's pre that's presenting. It is, and I present pretty well. Hmm. <laughs> All right, name an American dish, if you don't mind, uh, you know, unfurling your hand from your back there. Uh, name, an, <laughs> name, an American, there. <laughs> name an American dish that, that no, 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 let me get away from that. You're talking about you cooking here. I just, I, I still have a hard time buying it. You know, waiter is not co- considered cooking. Actually, right? you know what? All of last year, I have made, I completely changed my diet. I've lost 20 pounds. I think I had just gotten very comfy and started eating whatever I wanted, and finally clothes weren't fitting right, and last year, I changed my entire lifestyle. Did you go keto or something? No. Well, I tried that for a whole week, did not like it at all. It's hard to keep up with that. It's very hard, because the fat intake and whatnot. And living in in Louisiana, I will say, you have to, because I try to do that, is, is manage you know, diet and everything. So my suit jacket's closed. But at the same time, I don't cut almost anything out cold turkey. Nope. Because we live in the greatest place on the planet to eat. Agreed. But I learned last year there are so many ways. I did cut. I hard cut several things out of my diet. Like cut them completely out? Cut them completely. There was no rice. There was no bread. Actually, that's true. I haven't had rice in 12 years. Yep. No, um, No bread, no pasta. Not much bread. Pasta either. I haven't had pasta in over a decade. And I even cut out dessert. However, after a while, I finally started having that sweet tooth and I've, I've learned a lot about cooking and my lifestyles changed that you don't have to have the pasta. I eat the, the chickpea or the edamame pastas. It's all protein. Buddy of mine was telling me the other day about, um, about like the is it cauliflower? cauliflower. Like oh my pasta god! We whatever. ate some cauliflower. I did cauliflower mashed potatoes. I did cauliflower macaroni and cheese. I have cauliflower really? pizza crusts. I did. You're gonna laugh. Hush puppies. I mean, not hush puppies. Hash. What do you call them? Tater tots. I did broccoli. Oh, I've had that. Broccoli gonna, tater tots. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did broccoli biscuits. No, I had cauliflower t- uh, tater tots. There before. were some things yeah. that I would concoct that it was just like just close your yeah. eyes and. If eat you it. said cauliflower hush puppies, I was going to ask you to leave because that can't be a. That I mean, doesn't you, you even sound right. You don't even do that. No. I mean, just don't have the hush no. puppy, but don't but make it in. No. You know. That you. I have had cauliflower boudin, but nothing. Cauliflower boudin. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. They're really Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. All this craze over the things you can do with cauliflower now. But it now. changes your entire lifestyle. I lost 20 pounds. And granted, I didn't lose it in five days. I spent all of last year losing Yeah, but when it. you start getting rid of those carbs, though, you know, it just kind of goes away. It changes everything. Yeah. And just, it, it's it's funny. What So in, in leisure time, I mean, you paint. You're kind of an arts and craft girly girl, I which do. is people probably wouldn't even think that. No. But it's true. It, it is. I will, if you go to my house... The dining, I mean, the table in the center is moved to a side. The couches are all pushed away. My rug, I cover it with like a either newspaper or whatever. Yeah. And I go to paint. I go scrapbooking. I, I do all sorts of things. Make my own, um, not paintings, but collages. Yeah. And I love it. That's my time to relax. I'll put some music on. Yeah. 
champagne. Pour a glass of wine? No. No wine? No. That's a shame. Big Yeti cup full of water. Ice water. I know. I'm weird. But it's cool weird and awesomely (laughs) awesome weird. (laughs) So, you know, do you see yourself being, because there's demand all over, do you see yourself being here, doing media here for the foreseeable future? I don't know. No, no. I, I, I think I've learned that people used to ask, years ago when I got in the business, a news director asked me, where do you see yourself in five years? And I remember the answer I gave him, he looked at me like, what? But I think I told him something along the lines of, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow in my life. I can't sit here and tell you what's gonna happen five years from now. And I don't know. You never know where life's gonna take you. So I I never thought I'd be in Baton Rouge for eight and a half years, but it's become home. I love being able to help people. I love being able to make a change. And I know it sounds like, oh, well, she's got that many followers on Facebook, but I am blessed because two weeks ago, well, early in December, we showcased a family who, from the 2016 flood, they didn't have the money to get back in their house. Yeah, I posted, I made a video and I posted it. And I cannot tell you how many people stepped up and got that couple back in their home. The uh, Marino family. Yeah, that was you? Yes, anonymous donors stepped up, bought the windows, paid for them, and uh, people came and installed them for free. And when I said, who's the person who donated? They don't want to be recognized. See, that's the best way to do it, and and that's awesome. That's what makes me feel good. And then you've got the victims from the shootings, Mm -hmm. the widows, Mm -hmm. Nick Touye, and the same thing yeah i can't tell you how often people will ask me hey what's going on with nick i have to keep it alive yeah bruce and pam they had the same thing with their home they weren't able to make it home yeah and when i went to interview bruce i asked him what can i do for you nothing just keep the prayers coming yep when the camera turned off pam finally said we want to get back in our house and i begged please just say that to me on camera (laughs) and they did i posted that one clip and guess what the donors People stepped up. in. See, that's why I told you this is a good town. It is a good town. Because of things like that. You know, and I will say this. The people who are haters, racists, I don't know what the right word is. Yeah. They may have a louder voice because they're screaming it louder. But the good people don't want the recognition. And oh, there sure. are so many good people here. Listen, that's why we do these canvases and we go to the inner city. I was just in a meeting talking about it today. And the vast majority of the people who live there are not criminals. No. It's just the the highest percentage of criminals are in those neighborhoods. Yep. But the people who live there are no less They're, important than anybody no. else, you or I, and we should give them the attention. But again, the negative draws the spotlight almost all the time. Yep. And do you does it frustrate you cuz what you know, I I consume as little news now than maybe I have in my nearly 25 years of being around media. Do you ever get frustrated that it seems like you're always chasing stories that have either violence or some kind of criminality in the center of it? I try to make sure I even it all out, though. How do you do that? I I will do my fair share of feature stories. I'll do the stories of special needs Olympics, special needs um, pageants, or, hey, this family still wants to get in their house, or, hey, this business just reopened after the flood. I, I I have to balance it out for myself. Yeah. Yeah. To keep myself sane. Sane, yes. yes. It's so funny. I remember, Key, when Katrina happened, I was doing radio at the time, 
and in Laduff, Jeff Laduff was in here. They were doing their podcast last week, and and he made a comment about how he had to drive. And I remembered I had been on like from five in that morning to like noon, and the the I don't want to say noise the the constant calls of people looking for parents, mad at FEMA everything and I remember leaving the studio getting on 190 and just driving turned everything off and you have I I don't think people realize how many things are going on when you're on the inside of media production agreed so much of what we know and happens yeah sometimes it just never makes it out there yeah or unfortunately you read a sex predator who sexually abused a three-year-old and I still remember this a three-year-old was sexually abused I read the arrest warrant and the things that I read were so disturbing I mean there was no way it was going to go on TV because it was so disturbing but I can't unread what I just read Right. and those I I don't remember how long ago this was but here's proof it stuck with me yeah Yeah. (sighs) and you just think about I remembered last year I think it was a year before last the story of a, a little boy, his name was Jericho, I, re, I still remember it, who was shot and stabbed to death by his mother's boyfriend who was left there with the kid. And I just remembered feeling so sad that he was an infant. And I just think that, and so again, when you're reporting on things like that, like those are the kinds of news stories that turn your stomach. Mm-hmm. And it introduces you into the depravity that exists around us. Oh, yeah. And that's why I say that I have to set aside that I'm not a reporter. I'm a human being first. And if I need those feature stories, if I need those happy stories to keep saying, well, so does the public. So if I can't do them continuously, I make sure I use my Facebook page to put out those softer stories. And and you know what? Those do better than the hardcore stories. Because people want them. Yep. I mean, social media has been become a cesspool of negativity. It has. I mean, it's it is so easy to turn it on and just see people hating and ripping each other to shreds. The greatest thing Facebook came up with, in my opinion, is the unfollow button. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm kicking people out every day. It's like, I don't want to see that. Yep. You know, celebrate life, celebrate kids, you know, pit the observations. Yeah, yeah. Besides my work page, I just completely got off of it. It's just so negative. It is. And And it turns you down. Yep. And then you end up, and you can never engage someone. No. Ever, 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 ever. Especially me. Well, because if they get you to engage, they win. It doesn't even matter. Yep. If you engage back, they won. Yep. That's it. And it's going to be spun that way by them. That's it. That's why when you asked me earlier, do you give in to these people? No, I'm not. And I'm going to keep doing me. I'm going to keep telling the truth, regardless yeah. what I'm accused of, regardless what I'm told. Right. Because God's on my side as long as I'm truthful. When you go home for you know family functions, do they pick your brain about news stories no, or people God. you're around? <laughs> they, they, it yeah. doesn't come up? No. Really? No. Huh. Thank God. That's interesting. Yep. Everybody just kind of lets let work stay at work. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's a good thing. It is. It yeah, really, I had really to, is. I had to kind of make it known that I didn't want to talk. I think people think all I want to do is talk politics most times anyway. It's like, no. I mean, and, and, and times that we talk, we rarely even talk about politics. No. I, think, I don't think people realize that it is, it is silly in many cases at its core, and you just want to get away from it. It is. 
It's like I always I, I compare it to like pro wrestling. I said it's not even real. They pick their sides and they just play it out in front of the public. That's it. You know, and and doing what I do, I've learned so often how political this whole how everything is so political. Yeah. Somebody may get a specific job, but yeah. if you look at his or her superior and that person's superior, this person told them to do this, or if you do this, we'll do that. Yeah. There, yeah, the process is put in your application or whatnot. When in reality, the politics are so oh, much no, bigger. It's process, all about who you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. The all public about could. Who you know. They could never know what's happening under the no. surface if it just. No. Well, listen. I appreciate you coming by. You signed the door, and uh, you know that's. I signed that's, it as awesomely awesome. Yep, and she often refers to herself that way. No, actually, you refer to me that way. <laughs> Because I'm awesomely awesome. Uh, A squared. (laughs) A squared. (laughs) Key, I appreciate it, darling. Thank you. You're welcome. Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for the 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support, doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money? That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in a value you of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. Boy, she is a firecracker. I don't know that I'm buying that she cooks. Maybe she does. Well, I told you in the open we were going to talk about this story with Jussie Smollett, the actor on the TV show Empire, who now finds himself indicted, facing a smear on his reputation that may never go away, and all behind an attempt, apparently, to grab attention. So if you're not familiar with the details of this, On January 22nd, the week before, Smollett says he was attacked in Streeterville. He reported receiving an envelope addressed to him at production studios on Chicago's west side. The envelope was postmarked in southwest suburban Bedford Park four days earlier on January 18th. Now, This is the timeline of what has been going on there. The Chicago Tribune put this together and kind of run through the details of this quote-unquote saga. So there was this letter addressed 
to him the letter on the the letters MAGA make America great again were written in red ink in the return address section of the envelope. He told police he and the show's executive producer used gloves to open the envelope. Inside the envelope was a threat and cut out letters, something straight out of television. With the words, you will die, black expletive. There was white powder in the envelope, but it was determined to be a crushed aspirin, maybe a bear or something like or Tylenol. And so this happened. Now, on the 29th, Smollett reports he was attacked by two men while getting food from a Subway sandwich shop at about 2 a.m. Now, many of you know that Smollett is openly gay. And he said he was walking back to his apartment. And I only say this because of what happens next. He says he was walking back to his apartment when two men walked up, yelled racial and homophobic slurs and declared, quote, this is MAGA country, hit him, and then allegedly wrapped a noose around his neck. On the 30th, Chicago police report that they have at least a dozen detectives working this case, and they're looking over the surveillance camera footage, including uh, footage of Smollett walking downtown, but none of the videos showed the attack. They released images of two people in the area at the time, whom they said they wanted to question. The two persons were captured by the surveillance camera on New Street near Illinois Street up there in Chicago. This was between 1.30 and a quarter to 2 a.m. Smollett says he was attacked about 15 to 30 minutes later around the corner. But the images are dark and they could not distinguish the faces. Now, reports of the attack drew outrage on social media and across media in general. And I've got this, this thing. So there was Bobby Rush, who is a congressman from Chicago, Kamala Harris, a U.S. senator from California, and Ellen DeGeneres all rushed to the defense of Smollett because of this claim and the alleged attack, right? So... Here is a montage of the media, national media and national figures talking about that attack. Beaten with a noose around his neck and hospitalized. Empire star Jesse Smollett was the victim of a vicious, racist and homophobic attack. His attackers hurled racial and homophobic slurs. Two people yelled racist and homophobic slurs. Racial and homophobic slurs. Not only homophobia, we're talking about racism. We're talking about hate with steroids. They are looking for two suspects who are apparently wearing Make America Great Again hats. The offenders uttered, this is MAGA country. The hate crime went down early this morning in Chicago. Officials are investigating the alleged assault as a hate crime. And now police say they're investigating this as a possible hate crime. Anyone attacked in a hate crime like this is an outrage. This is this is stomach turning mine boggling mm-hmm. information it's, it's out of control speaker of the house nancy pelosi tweeting the racist homophobic attack on jesse smollett is an affront to our humanity and senator cory booker said the vicious attack on actor jesse was an attempted modern day lynching kamala harris calling the attack an attempted modern day lynching but i'm so shaken by the story 
This is horrible to report. This is a horrible story. I like this is a horrible story. Yeah. I mean, the circumstances wow. is just horrific. Horrendous and unacceptable. Absolutely despicable. Yeah, a lot of people can't believe this is actually happening in 2019. It's hard to believe that we're reporting, that we're even saying words like this in 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm. And this is America in 2019. Which the part at the end was, you know, this is America in 2019. Is it, and, and don't get me wrong, the media was manipulated like everyone else because everyone heard about this alleged attack and took him and his claim at face value. I think from a reporting standpoint, we are learning after the fact that there were holes in the story even in the beginning. And from the public standpoint, you can understand why someone not knowing this guy would hear this story and almost believe him to be telling the truth, which, of course, at this point now, it appears that he is not telling the truth. So on January 31st, the president told reporters at the White House that he saw a story the evening before about Smollett. And he said, quote, it doesn't get worse as far as I'm concerned. In other words, uh, disagreeing with the fact that he was attacked in this way. Now, the Chicago Tribune goes on to say, despite the support of celebrities and politicians, skepticism continues to grow on social media. Smollett's family issued a statement calling the attack a racial and homophobic hate crime. The family says, quote, he, he has uh, told police everything and his story has never changed, disrupting assertions on social media that he has been less than cooperative and has changed his story. Now, on the first of this month, he issued a statement telling people that he is OK and thanking them for their support. He says he is working with authorities and has been 100% factual and consistent on every level. He gave a concert on the 2nd in West Hollywood, California, and his first performance, uh, it was his first performance since the attack. He said, I had to be here tonight, y'all. I can't let them win. He was visibly in tears. This is kind of like sociopathic. He says, I have so many words in my heart. The most important thing I have to say is thank you so much and that I'm okay. I'm not fully healed yet, but I'm going to, and I'm going to stand strong with y'all, end quote. He also said that he had to play the show because he, quote, couldn't let his attackers win. On the 12th of February, the Chicago police say that Smollett turned over some, but not all, of the phone records that the detectives requested as a part of their investigation. He has said his music manager was on the phone with him at the time of the attack and can corroborate this story. But police said they heavily redacted files, that the heavily redacted files aren't sufficient. Smollett says the information was redacted to protect the privacy of contacts and people not relevant to the attack, which when I first heard that, I said, well, you know, I can, okay, I can get that. And this is early on, there's skepticism, but I mean, and I'm sure for a lot of you, certainly in my case, you know, there are numbers of people in my phone who are public yet private people, and I've got private numbers, and I wouldn't want their numbers getting out. You know, two people are having the phone hacked, so I can get it. He's probably got other celebrities and network executives in his phone, and he doesn't want their information getting out. On the 14th, He gave that interview on Good Morning America, which is surreal now that we look at the details, because if you remember, he was interviewed by 
uh, Good Morning America co-anchor Robin Roberts and cried. He says, you do such a disservice when you lie about things like this. I just let that sit there, sit there for a second. He says, I've heard that it was a date night, a date gone bad, which I so resent that narrative, he told Robin Roberts. I'm not going to go out and get a tuna sandwich and a salad to meet somebody. That's ridiculous. And it's offensive. He says he is convinced that the men in the surveillance images were his attackers. I don't have any doubt in my mind that that's them. Never did. End quote. The Chicago police announced hours later that detectives are interviewing two persons of interest. A law enforcement source said they saw two men, brothers in their 20s. They were brought in for questioning from O'Hare International Airport. They were arriving from Nigeria. They're Nigerians. One of them worked as an extra on the TV show Empire. On the 15th, a police spokesman for Chicago says the two persons of interest are now considered potential suspects. He says the men are in custody but have not been charged with a crime. Twelve hours after that. Excuse me, clearing my throat there. Twelve hours after that, police re- uh, release the two men saying they are no longer considered suspects and due to new evidence as a result of today's interrogations so say the chicago police department the individuals questioned by police in the empire case have now been released without charging and detectives have additional investigative work to complete they didn't say what evidence they had then but the next day the chicago police And, well, a law enforcement source says that the Chicago police were investigating. Now, this is the next day now, investigating whether Smollett paid the two brothers to stage the attack. The attorney on that same day for the two brothers, Gloria Schmidt, is asked whether Smollett set up the attack and, quote, said, and, and said, quote, there's still a lot of moving parts to this. I'm not part of Jussie's defense. I'm not part of what's going on with him. I can just tell you that my guys are innocent of the charge and they're going home. The actor releases a statement saying that he is in, he is devastated by the recent reports that the perpetrators are individuals he is familiar with. On the 19th, in another twist, the Cook County State's Attorney, Kim Fox, recused herself from the case. She said she made the decision, quote, out of an abundance of caution because of her familiarity with potential witnesses in the case. A lot of people jumped all over her for that. You know, I kind of don't have an opinion one way or the other. Now, hours before her statement, Fox's statement, the two brothers who had been under arrest appeared at the criminal courthouse to talk to prosecutors and detectives. They flipped. On the 20th, Smollett was charged with disorderly conduct for allegedly filing a police report. And that is where we are because he was indicted today as we record this. He surrendered to police and is arrested. He was booked. His mugshot was taken and his career 
has been stained in ways that I don't know he will ever recover from. And I'm just saying, at some point, we have to get to a place where stuff like this cannot happen. People who are victims of discrimination don't need this kind of crap happening. This does harm to people who are victims of discrimination. Okay? And I think that as we learn more about this, this kid should be prosecuted for this. You cannot get away with this. And we need to pump the brakes on the political stuff, y'all. I'm just saying. Because if this is what that creates, somebody making themselves out to be a victim and using Trump as a fulcrum upon which to leverage up his notoriety, come on, man. He's going to be a punchline probably for the rest of his life. Over what? So anyway, there's the timeline. There's where we are. So if you didn't know all the backstory, now you know. Thanks to Kieran for being on the show. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR, on Facebook, Clay Young, on the gram, Clay underscore YoungBR. I appreciate you listening. Like and share. Like and share when you see the post. Leave us a rating on iTunes as well. You guys have a great one. Check out the Waiting Room Podcast, the We BR Podcast, and the Generations Podcast, all here with my show at podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.